0: Hey, what's up everybody? The Fish Tank Guy here, and welcome to episode number two of the Fish Tank Guy podcast. I'm actually recording this episode on Wednesday, October 18th, 2017. So I didn't quite hit my, you know, goal of producing one bi weekly, but hey, I'm going to do my best. Some weeks are easier than others to find the time to sit down and talk a bit about fish related stuff and other weeks are a little more difficult. So uh, anyway, this week I want to make sure that I give you guys a tank update for my own tanks at home because I know I forgot that on episode one. So the first thing is my main project right now is the fish tank tower. If you guys follow me on YouTube you'll see that I posted the first video for the fish tank tower and that is co- going to be my main focus moving forward but I'm still going to do some other videos on my other tanks. So uh, the most notable you know, video that I'm going to come out with in the coming week, probably within the next two or three days, is I actually have an update on my 10 gallon Nano Reef. Now believe it or not I didn't do any water changes and I didn't take care of that tank for four or five months. And just last week I decided to do a water change and move some coral around and take some empty shells out and different things. And the tank looks really nice. Some of the coral that I have in the tank that they were kind of closed up or whatever because I hadn't been taking care of the water. They are looking a lot better. So I'm going to have a brief update video on that, maybe four or five minute minute video for that guy. And then uh, where I'm at with the fish tank tower is right now I'm doing some load testing on the shelves. A couple folks have mentioned that the shelf material for the shelf that I'm using for the fish tank tower is not up to par in terms of being able to hold all that weight of a fish tank. So you figure you got 20 gallons times 8, which is 160 plus probably like 10 pounds for the tank, 170. 20 pounds of live rock, 190, 20 pounds of sand, 210, and then a glass top, you know, maybe add a few pounds for that. So I'd say, or let's, let's do a conservative estimate and say, hey, 215, right? About 215, you want to be safe, you're going to have 220 pounds. 220, 220, 225 pounds on each shelf. So right now I have the tank filled with water. I don't have rock in there or sand, but it'll give me an idea if the shelves are going to bow at all. So I'll probably do a quick update video on that. But just a couple things is I'm going to be diving into the the areas of drilling tanks and also painting tanks. Because where I have the fish tank tower, it's actually on the unfinished side of my basement. So... The wall behind the tower is drywall, but it was never finished, so it's just that kind of cardboard-looking backing behind the tanks. That, combined with the fact that I'm going to have all my plumbing back there, I think it's going to be a good idea to paint the backs of the tanks to make the whole setup look a little bit nicer and a little bit cleaner. So I'm going to be talking to you guys about that, and I'm going to be doing one of my uh, on-a-budget videos with that as well to talk to you about how you can cheaply paint the back of your tank all right so other than that BioCube's going well five gallon tank is going well i'm going to have a video on the five gallon tank this week also talking about corals that i've added to the tank they are doing well so that tells me that the lighting of that fluval evo tank is definitely sufficient for some coral, it's probably not going to be sufficient for everything, but um, I will take you through that in an update video in the coming days, so look out for that. Now, um, in terms of other things, in terms of life stuff, the reason that I've been having some difficulty getting videos out and making progress on my tanks is that, you know, one of the reasons is I recently took a trip to Washington, D.C., and that was a lot of fun. I don't know if, if you guys have never been there it's definitely a place you should go and visit to see our nation's capital and see a lot of history. The monuments are very cool. It's a very busy place. You know, uh, I took the family and we got to see the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial, the Jefferson Memorial, the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial, uh, the FDR Memorial, which is actually one of my favorites. And I was kind of sad because a lot of the water features and the lighting at the FDR Memorial were turned off for some reason, I don't know why, but uh, we did that, we did uh, the World War II, the Vietnam War, the Korean War, all those memorials, we went to Arlington National Cemetery, we also had some good food, we ate at We the Pizza, which was pretty awesome, uh, so if you're ever in Washington DC, check that out, We the Pizza, it's a great place for like lunch, or if you don't want to spend a whole lot of money on dinner, you can check that place out as well. And uh yeah, it was it was just a good time overall. We had we had a lot of fun. You know, we had a, a few of the typical vacation frustration moments, but we got through it and everything's all good. And uh the one other thing that we did that we had a lot of fun with is we rented bikes while we were there. And uh, one thing I would say is if you ever go to Washington D. If you ever go to Washington D.C. and you're within driving distance and you have bikes and you like to bike and you have like a bike carrier for your car, uh, just take your own bikes, take a chain and a lock, and see the city that way. The city is one of those. It's it's laid out in a way that you can easily bike around. You can see all the monuments. Going to the monuments at night is really cool. Um, I think the next time we go, when we do go, we will take our own bikes. We did the bike share, but the problem with the bike share is it does cost, and it costs more the longer that you keep a bike from, you know, you you don't turn into bike. So the way it works is they have racks all around the city. I want to say they have like something like 150 and 200 of these racks. And you pay a flat price to use the bike for 24 hours. However, when you take a bike out of the rack, it's called Capital Bike Share. When you take a bike out of the rack, it basically starts a timer. And if you do not check that bike in to another rack or I should just say any rack, if you don't check that bike into any rack within 30 minutes, they charge you two bucks. And then if you hold it uh, out 60 minutes, I believe it's like six bucks. So like the charges kind of add up. So what we had to keep doing was we would we would take the bikes out, we would ride a ways, we would look at a couple things and then we'd check it back in and then we'd check it back out and go to the next one and check it in and check it out. So we didn't spend an arm and a leg on this bike share, so that part was a little bit frustrating, so if you guys ever go, you like riding bikes, you want to see the city, a nice way to check it out would be by doing that, I would do that for sure. Um, so like the other thing is like when we got back from Washington, D.C., my my wife, my wife has this, um, she, she got on this kick, she's kind of like me in that when she starts to think about something or... She wants to do something, or um, she wants to, you know, make something, or she has some sort of goal, or something she wants to get. She's like full bore, one hundred percent that direction. That's me all day. We're like the same in that way, but it's usually about different things, right? For me, it's about like video games. <laughs> you know, I'm playing, I'm playing Cuphead right now. Actually, I'm, I'm done with Cuphead. I beat Cuphead on expert. It was awesome. So. If you like old-school games that are simple but challenging, Cuphead, amazing. Beat it on expert. And I'm also playing The Evil Within 2 right now, which I'm not sure if I like it any more than or less than the first game. I have to give it a little bit more time. I've only played it about two, two and a half hours. but So I'm more along the lines of fish tanks and video games, which is like personal entertainment. Uh, every now and then I'll get on a kick where if I'm interested in... Like, for example, I, I got a new TV a few months ago. When I got the itch to start researching and looking into new TVs, I went full bore and I had a new TV within three or four days, right? So I'm, boom, I'm, I'm the same way. Right? But for her, it's usually stuff like, uh, furniture and pillows and, you know, stuff that, that, uh, ladies like, like, a kitchen table, right? So that's the newest one. The newest one was a kitchen table. Newest one was a kitchen table. Um, right now, you know, we still have our old house. We just moved. We have both houses. We have, like, double mortgage. So getting a full dinette set with chairs and a, you know, really nice one is not right within our budget right now. So sensibly enough she was trying to look for things on walmart.com and amazon and target and you know we found something that looked pretty good and i you know i told her like okay it looks good but just be just be aware that things online are often not what they appear to be not necessarily that they're bad but they're just different like especially colors and shades and as a guy you know for most of you guys maybe not most of you guys but a lot of guys out there don't really care about all that as long as it's not ugly you know the i'm not going to be the type of person that's going to be sitting there going well you know i um i really love how the pillows accent the 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 carpet the tans in the pillows really bring out the olive shades of green in the carpet i'm just never i'm I'm never gonna be that way i'm never gonna care that much because for women or at least for my wife they they feel a certain way about the aesthetics of a room and i do too to an extent like in my in my basement area where my desk is i like having you know different things around like i have like a a stat a character from a video game here and i have like a couple posters up that i like so i like having things around me that i enjoy but from like a decor perspective i it doesn't really that matter all that much to me as long as it's not ugly you know uh i'm just not going to be that type of person that sort of sits around and be like and you know and revels in it right like oh wow you know these chairs are so great they're uh Oh, they have this nice rocking function. Like I feel like when I start to talk like that, I'm I'm getting old, right? And I'm 32 now, and I know people who get excited about the swivel functionality of chairs, and uh, I just I just don't want to go there yet. And, hey, and if the swivel is your thing, if the swivel is your thing, fine. You know, if the color matching is your thing, fine. Everybody has their thing. It's just not not really my thing, right? So anyway, my my wife, she is really interested in getting a new kitchen table. And I'm trying to be supportive, even though, you know, to me, like, hey, you know, our kitchen table works. I think it looks good. She doesn't like it because it's too dark. The legs are black. The chairs are black. Our countertops in our kitchen, uh, they're all black. So she just feels like it makes the room feel less inviting or something, right? So anyway, we order this this table, it arrives, it gets put together, and of course, it is a different color, finish, shade, whatever you want to call it, than it appears to be on the website. So we get back from Washington, and we get back from Washington after a five and a half hour drive at like midnight, and we're up until 1:30 in the morning looking at other tables. Other tables and chairs, websites, the department stores, whatever. And then somehow, Monday, on my day off, that we decided to take, me and my wife both took Monday off just because we knew we'd kind of be burned out from the traveling and everything. We took the day off, and we ended up spending a good part of the day table shopping. That's right, table shopping. So, I don't know if you guys have one of these in your your town, in your city, but we recently had a new store open up here called Boscov's. B-O-S-C-O-V apostrophe S, I believe. And this place is crazy. This is the first time I've been there. I think it's been open for about a week. Um, it opened up in our mall, the Mill Creek Mall. And, you know, it's kind of a weird situation, right? Because... The mall's been there for years. All these department stores have been there for years, and Boscovs used to be Sears, and Sears is now gone. Sears got the boot, and everyone's first kind of reaction was, "Oh, you know, Sears their their sales aren't good, right? They're they're going downhill. Maybe they're gonna you know, file for bankruptcy. I don't know. You know, Kmart's not doing well, right?" And maybe that's why they decided not to renew their lease. Well, actually, come to find out, our mall kicked Sears out. They wouldn't let them renew their lease. They wouldn't let them renew their lease. So, I mean, it just goes to show you, Sears thought they were, uh you know, promoting a good deal there, getting in bed with Kmart. And uh everybody kind of thinks they're infected now. <laughs> So they don't want anything to do with them because uh, Kmart they don't have they don't have uh, half of their lighting on in the store. There 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 are three people working in the entire store, and all of their inventory is constantly sitting on rolling carts in the middle of aisles. It's just embarrassing, right? So now Sears has this kind of like negative. You know, people look at Sears as like a like this kind of downtrodden. On its way out, put it out to pasture type department store, and we ended up just asking them to leave. That was pretty crazy. I, I was surprised when I heard that. I was surprised that we were basically like, "No, we're good." Their lease was up. We're like, "No, we're good. You can, uh, you don't have to. Don't don't worry about the burden of paying for this lease here anymore. You can, you can probably get a better deal somewhere else. I don't know. So anyway." We went to Boss Cops and we found a table. We found some chairs. And now we've got brand new tables and chairs on the way. And we got a good deal. We got this, you know, no interest for a year. No back interest. If you miss a payment or something or you don't have all the interest paid off, no back interest. So that was, that's nice. So that's good. So that's what I've been up to. I've been up to uh, video gaming, Cuphead, Evil Within 2. Um... Both pretty great. Evil within two is pretty good so far. Uh, went to Washington D.C. You should definitely go if you get the chance. And then Boss Cos. Oh, and I want to give you guys a quick update. Uh, this is a sad update. If you if you listen to the first podcast, I talked a little bit about Panera and how I pulled one over on them. Well, to my dismay and my frustration, came out. I don't get frustrated very often. I opened the refrigerator maybe a week later. And wouldn't you know it, that that freaking bowl of soup is sitting in the fridge still. My wife never ate it and we had to throw it out. So Panera still, I still haven't got one on Panera. Still haven't got one. They still screw my order up every freaking time. And they still have promised to uh, take down my name and double check to make sure that they did their job the next time I call in. Ah, <laughs> uh, What a joke. All right, so anyway, let's get back to the fish portion of the fish tank guide podcast. It only makes sense. This week, we're going to talk about water changes. We're going to talk about large water changes, and here's why. Because I have a video out there called performing a freshwater, freshwater tank water change, something like that. And surprisingly, it's one of my more popular videos. It wasn't... It wasn't my intention for it to be one of my popular videos. It just kind of worked out that way, and uh, you know I'm glad it is. I'm glad people find it informative. There are a couple things that I get dinged on on that video constantly. The first is, oh, you lost me when you said you used tap water. Oh, I can't believe you use tap water. You don't, you don't treat your water. What's wrong with you? Well, I, I understand. I understand, right? But yeah, you also from my perspective have to realize that when I made that video, I was pretty early on in the YouTube game. So I didn't consider all of the various situations that people have in terms of where they live and what kind of water they have and things like that. So I didn't talk about adding additives, you know, adding dechlorinator and things like that into your water when you do a water change because of where I was at at the time my tap water was very good it was very clean and when I grew up I grew up in the country with well water and we actually had uh, one of those people from the companies come out the, the filtration companies to test our water and tell us what kind of filter we should get and the guy told us that he couldn't give us a filter that would make our water any better than it already was and now you know that these guys work on commission and they work on <clears throat> products they can sell. So for the, so just for this plain fact that that guy said that he couldn't even sell us anything that was better, we had really good water. We had well water. So growing up, I didn't have to use dechlorinator either. I still don't where I'm at right now, but I do understand that some people do, right? But at the same time, I do use tap water. I'm, I'm not going to apologize for that in my freshwater tank. I've never had any problems using tap water. If you got bad tap water, you know, it's really dirty or something, okay, maybe. But, uh, if it's just minor, you know, you probably just need some dechlorinator. You know? I don't know. You need, or water conditioner. Dechlorinator, water conditioner, whatever you want to call it. Water conditioner. You need some of that. So that's the first one. Oh, I can't believe you use tap water. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna leave a comment. Yeah. So th- then the other comment I get is, uh, well, I don't really think that you should be doing uh, such large water changes. You should be doing smaller percentage water changes. It's not healthy for your fish. And oh, by the way, uh, the fact that you did a water change three or four months before the last water change you did means that you're a terrible human being, and you don't care about the the uh, happiness. Of your fish and their comfort level. <sniffs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Really, really. I guess some weird, weird comments about this stuff. So anyway, I'm gonna do some. I uh, some research. Right. We're gonna talk about this together. We're gonna figure it out. And I'll let you guys make up your own mind. And I'll give you my opinion about what we're reading here. And uh, we'll go from there. Okay. So the first. The first article I have is from a website called The Spruce, and the title of the article is, Can Massive Water Changes Kill Fish? And then the subtitle is, Learn Why Large Aquarium Water Changes Over 50% Can Kill Fish. This is already not boding well for me. It was updated in October, October 1st of this year, so this is a new article, all right? Now, they talk about, they they give you this story, oh, John is a proud fish owner who has had a tank running for almost a year. He takes good care of his fish, feeds them properly, adds water to the tank when it evaporates, and keeps the glass sparkling clean, both inside and out. Right, so it gives you the story. Then you go down, and you said, oh, John did this crazy water change, right? He felt like a jerk for neglecting his fish performed a massive water change john is hypothetical by the way he immediately performed a massive water change vacuumed the gravel changed filter media everything looked great but then he discovered half his fish were dead all right so what went wrong did the water change kill john's fish this is what they wrote the answer is yes but not because water changes are inherently bad The cause is more complex than that. Over time, the byproduct of fish waste, uneaten food particles, dead leaves from plants, etc. alter the chemistry of the water. Because the fish live in the water and the changes happen slowly, they adjust to it. When a sudden, large water change occurs, it causes such a drastic shift in the makeup of the water that the fish often cannot tolerate it, and they die. Those that do not die immediately are stressed and may succumb to disease over the next few weeks or months, Naturally, the owner thinks that the water change was the cause and therefore a bad idea. All right? Now, this is how they recommend doing water changes. If you haven't changed your water for months or possibly years, let's stop right there. If you haven't changed your water for months or possibly years, possibly years, so they're saying that you can have an aquarium where your fish are alive and things are doing well, and you haven't done a water change for months or possibly years, it is not wise to make a sudden massive change. Okay, I, I can I can roll with that. However, you should still you should you still should start changing the water regularly. Start small, changing less than five percent of the total water water volume. Oof, that would be a That'd be brutal. Wait a week and perform another similarly small water change. Continue this process for several months, each time increasing the percentage of water change slightly. This will subject your fish to a slow change in water chemistry, which they can adapt to without harm. You'll find that as you get used to the water changing routine, it takes less and less time to complete. It's time well spent. Clean water is the key to keeping fish healthy and increasing their lifespan. Remember that next time someone tells you that water changes are fish killers. All right, so there's your first source. We'll uh, we'll come back to that in a minute. All right, now I've got another source here. This one is not very. It's not a very good source, but it's like an official. Doctors Foster and Smith. This is a very popular website for pet care and for pet products. They have um, an article entitled "Old Tank Syndrome." Um, They basically talk about nitrate levels and essentially say that you need to perform water changes to keep your nitrate levels down, all right? So, let's see what they said here. They said, you can easily, now there's, they talk about what old tank syndrome is, the effects of nitrate levels, and then how to prevent, and I'm just going to read a little bit out of how to prevent. If you think your freshwater aquarium demonstrates signs of old tank syndrome, Test your water right away. You can easily prevent nitrate buildup through regular water changes. If nitrate levels are high, perform a series of small water changes no more than 25% per day until it is lowered to acceptable levels. Alright, so essentially they're saying you're going to want to do small water changes probably no more than 25% per day if you think you're having some issues in your tank. So there's like another case for water changes, but not massive water changes. Okay, so let's go to another one here. All right, I've got another article. This is from Aqua World Aquarium. Aqua World Aquarium is... Okay. Bear with me a second here. Aqua World Aquarium is, oh jeez, Contact, I don't know where this is, I I don't know, I'm not sure where they're located, it looks official, okay, just take my word for it here, all right, let's see, Water, water Changes, here we go, all right, they have a pretty large article, and it's about, uh, it's called Water Changes, How Much and How Often, All right, the first part of the article talks about old water, why it's bad, Um, nitrates, what nitrates can do, okay? Now, um, they talk about how much nitrate is safe, and I'm going to get down to quantifying water changes, okay? I'm just going to read directly, I'm going to read directly, the, probably the first two paragraphs here all right how much water to change and on what type of schedule will depend on the bioload of the aquarium or pond and any nitrate reducing factors you have implemented if any in some well-established reef aquariums that have a low bioload and use dsb refugium denitrator or algae scrubbers it is not all that uncommon for nitrate levels to accumulate very slowly or not at all in a reef aquarium where nitrate levels are undetectable, I recommend at least a 50% water change once every six months to replace any minor trace elements that may be used up by reef by the reef inhabitants. Um, most aquariums and ponds are not able to maintain low nitrate levels. Whenever you do a water change, it is recommended that you change out at least 50% or no, you change out at least, yeah, 50% at a time to reduce the nitrate by concentration by 50%. By concentration, by 50 They screwed that up. That's a, that's a typo. In general, the percentage of water you change is equivalent to the percentage of nitrate reduction. If your nitrate level is 100 ppm and you need to get it down below 80 ppm to keep that anemone that you have wanted to get for your clownfish, you need to do at least... An 80% water change to get it down below the target level. 240% water changes will not get you down to 20 p- parts per million. It will only get you to 36 par- parts per million. Wow. So, this guy, this website, this store, this reference, whatever you call it, they're saying they recommend doing for a reef tank with low bio load. They recommend at least a 50% water change every six months. Now, I don't even—I mean, I think that's even a little bit extreme. Six months for one, one one water change? Ooh, if I wait six months, my tanks aren't looking very good. Um, but again, I—you know—I don't have all the the chemical filtration and different things like that. Denitrator. Uh, some of my tanks don't have refugiums and things, uh, so I don't know if I necessarily agree with that but hey it's another source it's another opinion um and there you go all right now how am i at oh my goodness i'm at 30 minutes already okay i gotta wrap this up so uh, i'm not gonna wrap i'm gonna take at least five more minutes here okay so now we're gonna talk about i'm gonna go into some forums (laughs) forums great great location all right Alright, I'm just going to read through... This is on reef to reef reef dot to com. Big water changes versus many small ones is the title of the uh, forum. I'm just going to read you through a couple couple of opinions, right? I'm a fan of smaller water changes more frequently. I like to do one every two to three days. I think it, it helps with stability and with less drastic of a change in conditions like a large volume water change does. Holy smokes, every two to three days. Good luck with that, sir. Um, I do small water changes, sometimes up to two per week. Never been a fan of large water changes. Every once in a while, as part of regular maintenance, as a part of a regular maintenance regimen, regime, regimen. I don't know. Um, let's see. I do twenty percent water changes biweekly, little and often for me. Ten percent every few weeks. I do twenty percent once a week, and things seem to be fine. However, if I could, I would do three small changes a week. But you you, you have a life, so you don't. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Agreed. When livestock are already in a state of shock, even large water changes in an emergency is causing more fluctuation and most likely adding to the problem. If corals are shocked or are doing poorly, I'm a fan of doing many small water changes to correct the problem over time. All right. Let's see. Small water changes are always better in terms of stability versus larger ones, but large ones do have their place under certain conditions. I've always been a fan of small water changes. Uh, I do a little over 10% every two weeks, but I have done more and more frequently when I've noticed something is off. I always do a wo- small water change daily. Ugh! A very small amount, about 3 to 5%. That stinks. I would not want to do that um everyone nailed it in my opinion for maintenance regular consistent water changes and if something is wrong i have changed 10 percent two times a day for up to five days straight um yes that that guy's grammar is terrible um i read in a blog a few years ago that jay sprung don't know who that is Wrote and said that 1% daily is a way to go, but in my opinion, it's not something that everyone is willing to do or can do because of bust schedules. Bust schedules? Busy. I mean busy. Dude, proofread your stuff, man. the internet. It's going to be out there forever. His name is Cracker. (laughs) Oh, this username, this guy's name is Crackers. Dude, Crackers, come on, man. Your stuff's going to be out there forever. I personally change about 10% a week with no problems. All right, so there you go. Uh, I'm gonna do one more. This one is on aquaticcommunity.com. The thread is called large water changes, good or bad. Um, I'm just gonna go through a few here. I I think that whatever you do, you need to do it consistently so that the fish don't have to deal with huge differences in their water parameters, okay? Um, I do a weekly water change of about 50% on all my tanks. And once every two months, I do a 75% change. My fish seem to be doing just fine. Going on a year now with the same ones plus their fry. Of course, what works for me may not work for you. Our fish and tanks are as individual as we are. Just my thought. I basically do the same as Lady Outlaw. 50% weekly. Gosh dang, fifty percent weekly! Holy smokes! I don't like big water changes. I think they are unnecessarily. I think they unnecessarily stress the fish, particularly sensitive fish, and could lead to a temperature shock if you're not careful. I prefer small, frequent water changes. I do twenty percent water changes every week, and I've never run into any problems with the schedule. Wow. Uh, let's see, a small overstock tank with barely enough filtration might need a 50% change a week. Blew, barf. A large lightly stock tank with double filtration and tons of plants will likely do just fine with 20% a week. Dang, man, these people are savage, yo. A large lightly stocked tank with double filtration and tons of plants will likely do fine with 20% a week. Holy jeez! So they're saying even if you have a tank with nothing in it, it'll do. Okay, it'll do. Okay, it'll do fine. I think your tank will be okay as long as you do twenty percent out a week. Get the frick out of here! Um, I've always done this guy's username is Lab and Jab. <laughs> uh, I've always done fifty percent weekly changes on all our freshwater tanks. And I've never seen any signs of stress in any fish, neons included. I recently did an 80% change in our community tank. And even after catching all the fish twice in a large change, they showed no signs of stress. I do 30-40% changes every week. Every other week, I'll clean one of the two filters, so each filter gets cleaned once a month. My tank is heavily stocked, and I have many scaleless fish. No stress, whatever. They love it. I've always done fifty percent water changes. I've done more than fifty percent at times as well. Let's see. I do eighty. Oh my gosh, Fish Guy twenty seven twenty seven is the I do eighty percent water changes on my one fifty at least once a week. Whoa! Holy smokes, dude! It's over a hundred gallons of water changes every week. Uh, let's just do a couple more here. Fifty percent a week for me. Oh my gosh, I do forty percent, fifty percent weekly changes, no problems. And then this guy jumps in. Large water changes could be detrimental. Ugh. He's like crapping on everybody up here who does these big water changes. If you were to take a tank of fish that hadn't been cleaned with dirty water that the fish had adjusted to, then do a 50% water change, the overall difference in water quality can very well shock the fish. If that were the case, you would need to do a series of small water changes every two to three days until you improve the situation. Okay, I agree with the second half. Right? I didn't like his condescending tone at the beginning there. But uh, okay. I thought 15 to 20% was the standard. it's not the case. How long am I going? 37. Shoot, I've been talking a long time. Alright. So we have a lot of examples. We have some examples from companies, right? We've got the Spruce who did their article on water changes, Doctors Foster and Smith, Aqua World Aquarium, and then we had multiple opinions from forums. Now, dude, here's the, here is what got me into YouTube. And posting videos online, and it's the fact that a lot of the people who are online, who are posting in forums, who are posting videos, who are especially people who post in forums, I'd say they're they're so hardcore, right, that they almost discourage people from even trying. So if I, my neighbor from across the street, asked me uh, maybe a month or two ago. About saltwater fish tanks, that he found out that I had a, a few because I was talking to him about it, and he asked me kind of what it takes to maintain it. If I were to tell him, every week, if you have a if you have a forty gallon tank, every week you need to change out twenty gallons of water. You need to make twenty gallons of salt water, and you need to clean it thoroughly. Twenty gallons every week. There is no way that guy would ever go out and even bother trying. So for that reason, like I'm sure that this works for a lot of these people. Why wouldn't it? If you're doing 50% water changes every week, your water is basically brand new all the time. You're never going to have a problem. However, you are going to sink a ton of time into your fish tank, you're gonna sink a ton of money if you have a saltwater tank, or if you have tanks that require special, you know, chemicals or different things like that. You're gonna sink so much money and time into that tank; it's gonna be it's gonna be consuming, right? So, hey, I'm glad this works for people. I'm glad it works for them. Now, <clears throat> what I'm going to say, what I would recommend, I'm not gonna do a cop out and say, well, whatever works for you, whatever works for you, all right? (laughs) I'm not going to do that either. I'm going to give you what I think you should do. This is what my recommendation would be. I recommend that you do a smallish water change every two weeks to a month, right? As often as you can. If you can do it every two weeks, great. If you can't do it every two weeks, that's okay too. That's alright too. We read numerous times, not only on official websites, but on message boards, that people have stated that fish will become accustomed to your water. Even if the quality of the water degrades, that doesn't mean that their quality of life is going down. It just means that they are adjusting, right? Now, if your water quality is so bad that they are susceptible to disease and illness, that is harming their quality of life. But if you live the type of lifestyle where you are not able to change the water in your tank every week, do not let other people make you feel bad about it and make you feel that you shouldn't be involved in the hobby at all because those people are extremists, right? And just because... They can spend their entire life sinking their time into their fish tanks and their water changes. And that's what they choose to do. Doesn't mean that other people have to do it exactly like that. I feel like I'm getting a little like preachy here and like a little like frustrated, but I see this all the time. And I see people come back with like Kind of like nasty comments And I don't even care if people make nasty comments to me Like dude you're an idiot man Why don't you clean your water more off Like I don't care right Because to me it's the internet It's somebody behind a keyboard Who maybe they would tell me that to my face But they would probably be a lot nicer about it To my face right So I take their aggression and their anger Around the subject you know as a grain of salt I don't even think about it Right but a lot of people take Take these comments seriously. A lot of people take you know, things that people post on message boards and on Facebook and wherever on social media. They take it seriously, right? So don't let that bother you. Don't let that get to you. So uh, again, I mean, part of it does come down to your tank, what you have in your tank. So I can't 100% avoid that cop-out sentence of, well, oh, whatever works for you. Because if you have a tank with a ton of fish in it, yeah, you're going to have to do water changes more often, right? But if you set up a tank and you have a a moderate amount of fish, your tank isn't overcrowded, I would say you have an average fish tank, right? You should be fine doing a water change every couple weeks. And when I say every couple weeks, I'm talking about salt water. water, would I would think you want to do it once a month. This is my opinion, right? If you have a, an average stock tank, once a month is fine. You can do a 25 to 30% water change once a month, and everything will be fine. And if you started to notice your fish acting a little bit funny, maybe you should do it more often, right? Once your tank is mature and and your system is stable, you don't have to do it nearly as often. You might get by doing it once every three months like I do. And that's okay. Are your fish alive? Do they do they swim around? Are they gasping for air? Do they eat when you feed them? If the answer to... Wait, I can't say yes because are they gasping for air is a bad one. <laughs> if they're healthy, right, and they're eating and they're not gasping for air and they're swimming around, there's nothing wrong. You don't have any issues. Now, you don't want to push it. You don't want to say, well, how, how long can I go, right? You don't want to do that, you know. You want to do what you can do based on your lifestyle, based on how busy you are. Do you have a family? Do you have a a job that's very demanding, whatever that may be? But I would say after reading these articles, if you want to do a large water change, go right ahead, right? I would say if you haven't changed your water in many months, I would not do a large water change because of what some of the articles said, that your water is has you know gone down in quality and such a swing in quality could harm the fish i wouldn't do a large water change then but if you're doing your water changes fairly often right and when you do your water change if you make sure your temperature is the same and your parameters are the same of your new water going into your existing system i don't really think you'll have that big of an issue i really don't think you will so again like you can't take my advice as the bible Because everybody has an opinion about this. Everybody does. My opinion is just another one. I'm forming my opinion based on my experience. And also based on some of the articles that I read and shared with you guys today. So just keep it in mind. If somebody says, dude, dude, you got to change your water 50% a week or you're a terrible human being. Screw them. You don't need to do that. If you want to do it, you can. If they want to do it, they can do it too. But... Don't feel bad about not doing huge water changes every week. If you have a healthy aquarium, my 16-gallon aquarium has been up and running for three or four years. And the only reason I ever lost any fish was because I didn't feed them one time when I went away on vacation for uh, like a week or something. Nobody could come over. I couldn't get somebody to come over, and I lost like a fish, right? But... I change the water not very often, and sometimes I do large water changes, and everything is fine. Everything is fine. I don't have sensitive fish. If you have sensitive fish, hey, you got to pay attention to that, you know, but if you have sensitive fish, you're probably, you know, doing things that are a little bit more complicated. You're working with, you know, I don't know, more complex types of fish, whatever. I'm not sure. So anyway, sorry I went off on that huge long tangent. I wanted to finish this podcast up 15 minutes ago, and I still have to do the fish of the week. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So there you go. Large water changes. Are they good or bad? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that was helpful for you guys. All right. Fish of the week. Let's do the fish of the week. Let's get the heck out of here. Fish of the week this week is ba da. Watchman Gobi. My favorite is yellow because I have one. I'm on LiveAquaria.com, not plugging them, just where I go to get my fish facts so I can tell them that they're wrong and then also learn stuff that I don't know. And okay, the Lara Watchman Gobi, Yellow Watchman Gobi, the color form, blue and yellow. Minimum tank size, 10 gallons, I agree. Care level, easy, I agree. Temperament, peaceful, yes. Reef compatible, yes. Max size, 2 inches, don't agree with that. I think they can get bigger. Um, okay. Overview. Yellow, there's no, it doesn't even say yellow. Watchman Gobi, oh yeah it does, is also known as the yellow prawn goby or yellow shrimp goby. Uh, they were first discovered in 1936. The head and the body are yellow orange with bright blue spots on the head and fins. Watchman Gobi wears an amusing perpetual frown and likes to peek out from behind rocks. That's true. They have been known to form symbiotic relationships with snapping shrimp. Oh, interesting. This, with this website, man. It requires a 30-gallon or larger aquarium. But up above, they said it requires a 10-gallon aquarium. Hmm. With plenty of loose coral rubble, ample swimming room, and a sand bottom for burrowing. Watchman Govies are peaceful, but can become aggressive and territorial with its own kind unless they are a mated pair. It may try to jump out of the aquarium or other small openings. Therefore, a tight-fitting lid is required to prevent escape. It should be fed a varied diet consisting of foods specifically designed for carnivores. If kept in a reef aquarium, the captive-bred watchman goby should be fed once per day. There you have it, yellow watchman goby fish of the week. My yellow watchman goby's name is Ron. He is a baller. He is a cool fish. He's so grumpy, and if anybody goes down near his little area, he comes at him with his jaw unhinged from his mouth. Frickin- <laughs> his mouth opens up like super big like he's going to do something right but uh yeah there you go uh fish of the week yellow watchman goby hey again guys sorry for going so long sorry for going on a little rant there and kind of getting frustrated but i just i just hate when people are discouraged right when people are discouraged from trying things um you know everybody in this hobby i don't know one person in this hobby who hasn't lost a fish due to their negligence, due to their own negligence. And that negligence may come from inexperience, right? And I hate to tell you, you can get all of the wisdom in the world from the the biggest fish gurus and the people that have million gallon tanks or whatever you want, and you're still probably going to lose a fish, man. You're still going to lose one. Or your tank ain't always going to look great. So these people that preach from their holier-than-thou perches about fish tanks and parameters and dosing every day and all this other garbage right like they forget like you don't have to be that hardcore about it you don't have to be that hardcore you really don't you can enjoy it and you don't have to be that hardcore anyway i'm gonna go into it again so hey i'm the fish tank guy thank you so much for checking out podcast numero dose episode dose this week and i'm gonna get back to you in a couple weeks with uh episode three so hey thanks for listening thank you guys for following me on youtube give me all your support i really appreciate it and i'll see you guys later